It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 15th day of July, 2015. We're here with our co-host, Jay Basser, and our guest speaker today will be Berta. And by golly, if there's anything you need to know about the VA, you can sure ask Berta. She knows. And uh, we're going to talk today about why we need a death folder uh, or an end-of-life folder, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe death folders sound a little morbid, but uh, at the same time, end-of-life folders, uh, how important they are, and everyone should have one, uh, especially veterans. I mean, even if you're not a veteran, you need to have one. It's it just common sense to have one. And you don't have to be old, you know, elderly. Uh, the young folks need these things, too, if you're married and have children. Um, uh, you certainly need one. Uh, Berta, how are you doing today? Oh, uh, great, Gerald. Uh, what you said um, is very important for everybody. Absolutely right. Uh, and I found that once I started getting things together in a desk, File. I always call it a death file, whatever it is. Uh, I had a lot of peace of mind uh, because I could see in advance all the things that my survivors will have to go through. You know what I mean? And it yes. won't make things much easier. Death file. It, it, it simply means uh, putting pertinent information into a specific manila folder that is well marked as to how important it is and stored in a place where your survivors can readily find it. I'm not. So, and she goes, yeah, 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 Ma, I don't want to talk about that stuff. So, uh, it, it's very important. Uh, it should contain right on the box and inside it the password to have it, right? If you're you're breaking up on us, Berta. Uh, John, was she breaking up on you? Yes, sir. Oh, she fell off. Uh, that's all. Call back. Yeah, uh, that's very important, folks, and and you do need a lot of material, uh, uh, insurance papers, uh, if you're a veteran, you're DD-214 or 15, uh, whatever it may be, uh, um, all, I mean, marriage license, uh, birth certificates, you need all that stuff in this file and more. Actually, you yeah, need you should, more. You should sit down with your family and make make a list of what you need to put in there. Yeah, 
Well, and you can include the whole family uh, because uh, this is so important. Should something happen to you or your spouse, uh, it's 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 critical that you have one of these, and it it gets so much easier because after someone is deceased, you know, it, uh, you're in such a a turmoil or a fix, and and. Uh, you just Cheryl. really don't want to cope with it. Uh, go ahead, Berta. Oh, I was cut off. This happened to me a couple times before uh, on the show, Gerald. I get three odd beeps and I'm done. But in any event, uh, yes, the password to have it is very important. Uh, in the yes. file, they need. In the file, they should have a copy of any pending claim that you have in your lifetime, with any status reports you've gotten from eBenefits or IRIS, and your surviving spouse is now eligible to enroll into eBenefits. I mean, for years, uh, we vet- widows could not use eBenefits. Now we can. Of course, it doesn't help much to use eBenefits because <laughs> it's all this screwed up. Uh, a lot of veterans download the DIC Form 21534, and they put it right in the file, the blank form. Also they can put also they can put the substitution form into the file twenty one zero eight four seven. If your spouse has to substitute he or herself for you when you die, they will need that form. Um uh, does it have to be turned I'll in before the veteran dies? Pardon me, John? Does it have to be turned in before the veteran dies? That's a form? Does it have to be turned uh, into the VA before the veteran dies? Oh, 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 absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, it should be with uh, the DIC application uh, and the death certificate right. and everything else. Uh, yeah, because uh, years ago, uh, John, um, when I um, died, uh, I had to start from day one. Yeah. In other words, I could not step in into his claim in any other way except start all and the substitution form has made that uh, a lot easier for many uh, widows and widowers these days and we do have widowers of veterans we have I think we've had two or three have had it over the years yeah we have yeah uh, the manila folder uh, I've got all my life insurance policies uh, in there Veterans should put in any SDVLI policies. Yeah. Uh, I've got all my banking information. My husband's DD-214 and his 215. If, he, if he's got a 215, it should be there. It should contain... Uh, mar- <laughs> huh? A corrected, a corrected 214 or 215? <laughs> you bet, yeah. And it's I, I think more veterans should apply for 215s. Uh, than than possible because uh, my husband was surprised to see additional awards uh, on his 215. You know, I mean, decades after the fact, it's really kind of sad when that happens. Um, The file should contain the marriage license, birth certificates, to include uh, any children under 18. If they're over 18, they, they may not need the birth certificates. Any SSA or SSDI award letters, 
the VA and the SSA must be informed of one's death immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. Any deeds uh, to your property, any land leases. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a land lease that passes on to my survivor. It's very important that I've got that lease in my file because I don't know if my daughter even realizes that. I also have a right-of-way on my farm, which is extremely important in the future, uh, could become important. So the right-of-way is in my file. Um, you know, we have to think about a lot of things like that in our lifetime. Uh, and these are things years ago I probably would have never considered. You know, it'll all fall in place with everything. But survivors have to know these things. Um, also, I have a potential buyer uh, for when I die. I put that information and contact stuff in my file. Widows, widowers, service-connected veterans who are buried in a national cemetery will get a cemetery deed the day of the veteran's burial. I put the cemetery deed to the Bath VA in my death file. Mm-hmm. I called them yesterday, and it was really interesting <laughs> because uh, the new director of our cemetery here at Bath used to be a ranger with the VA. <laughs> you cannot imagine uh, oh, some of the uh, interesting nuances of that conversation. Uh, but he did clarify something for me, John and Gerald. Uh, I always figured that cremains had to be placed on top of cremains. Caskets had to go into that part of the VA cemetery and be placed on top of caskets. But he clarified that if a survivor um, of an already buried veteran who is in the cremation section, like my husband is, uh, I want to be cremated. That is clear in my death file. But if I ended up in a casket against my wishes, they could still inter the veteran. They could Disinter or uh, disinter it, I guess. Dig up, dig up my husband's cremains, then open a new plot for me in the plot section for caskets. Put my casket in, and then put my husband's cremains on top of me, and then the headstone would be moved. And of course, the headstone has the spouse's name engraved in the back of it when the spouse dies and if they are buried in a national cemetery. Ooh. So, I, I, yeah, I, I was surprised that they they can literally, you know, take up, uh, you know, this, I think it's interment, and it's uh, completely legal, and it's, it, it's done specifically to accommodate a dead spouse of a veteran who, who you know, was buried in cremains, and sometimes the family... Do not want to follow uh, uh, some wishes. They would not want their uh, survivor uh, cremated, um, mm. and that's okay too. Uh, apparently, with the VA, um, you know. It, it, so it was very interesting to me to find out how uh, they can do that. The VA, the cemeteries are absolutely uh, gorgeous. Uh, mm. The VA cemetery system. Uh, these are wonderful people uh, that that work very hard and deal with people in grief, and they're very good about it. Um, but um, 
Oh, and I want to mention uh, burial information. Uh, I'll, I'll, I have a whole lot of that stuff. I don't think we'll get to it today. I can post that information and add it. And Hebert also added a link to more information uh, right at the uh, podcast uh, announcement today. And that it's, it's all very important. I'll probably cover a lot of it, but it's uh, good to have links to this stuff, too, um, when the time comes. But, you know, uh, but we're all among the living. All the people listening into this show, I assume, are very much alive. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's good to talk about life when we talk about that. Um, I, I'm a big, proactive uh, person who always brings up CPR. Uh, CPR is so easy to do. They have videos of it on the Internet. They have places that give you free courses uh, to it. It is so much easier than it was when I got my CPR certificate. I think every single person in our country, to include children, should learn CPR. Uh, If you're listening tonight to this show, today uh, with a spouse or child, or any significant other with you, this is something that you could all do together, uh, take a course on CPR, or at least look at the videos online. Uh, You don't need mouth-to-mouth anymore, and you don't need an ambu bag. It is all done with chest compressions. When I did CPR, I not only was from the old school of mouth and chest compressions, I had to call 911. Luckily, I had a phone at the same time. It is not easy to do mouth to mouth and 911 at the same time. But you do what you got to do. Um, and it's so easy to do. Uh, and we never know when we will need to do it. And I think the fact that we do not need mouth-to-mouth anymore should cause other people to not be queasy if they see a stranger drop. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people were always queasy about germs and, you know, you don't know what this person might have in their system. Uh, they don't have to worry about mouth-to-mouth anymore. Um, it was it gave me great peace of mind to know that I was giving my husband CPR. He died while I gave it to him. But it, it was just one more thing, in addition to something else I'll mention, that gave me the peace of mind of knowing I was there and I did everything my instructor had told me to do. You know, so it's, it's something to think about because we never know it, when we're going to need it. Um, uh, I know I'm going on here uh, to death file, though. I've been widowed by two disabled vets. Everything happens. It, it is an overwhelming feeling of sadness, and and then everything happens at once. Friends and neighbors pile in. The phone keeps ringing, and the grief alone is so stunning that we don't know what to do, and we don't want to do anything at all. We We want to process the death, and we can't because so much is going on. Um, the closest organ bank in your state will probably call you within two and three hours after your spouse dies. I think the SSA notifies them. I don't know how they uh, found uh, got my number so quickly. Both the VA and Social Security need to know right away of a veteran's death. 
the Oregon Bank will ask right away if a spouse had wanted to donate his or her her organs. And uh, if it's something that you never discussed with the spouse, the survivor can make the decision. And I say donate because here in New York, because my husband was an organ donor, and I confirmed that when the uh, IBIS called me, the organ bank, he got a free autopsy. I'm finding out that autopsies can be catastrophically expensive. Uh, maybe if they only harvest the eyes, which they did in my husband's case, but they took more stuff that he had, uh, they, maybe they would not need to do an, an autopsy. I'm not sure of it. But the point is an autopsy in the long run can be critical to a DIC claim. Um, I talked to the coroner when my husband died. Uh, coroners in New York, they don't have to be MPs. They base the death certificate on what they ob- observe of the death and usually what the survivor tells them. You know, like, uh, where was he a patient at? Blah, 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 blah. There is no way the coroner was going to look through VA medical though, to, to really determine what my husband died from. Uh, what he put there, however, was revealed on the autopsy. Uh, but in more detail, and it was the detail I needed for my DIC uh, claims. So that's something else to consider. And organ donations, you'll get a beautiful letter that your spouse made that helps other people, and then they'll live with other people. And it's just a, a wonderful reminder uh, for people in grief to know that uh, no death is meaningless. But, uh, uh, how, much, how much time is there between uh, uh, the death and, and someone making that decision, Berta? I mean, before uh, it's too late. <laughs> That that's an excellent question. Um, in my case, the autopsy was done the next day after my husband died. I have heard that it can take maybe you can maybe even three or four days in some cases. Oh, that is starting to deteriorate by the minute. And where yeah. I heard this three or four things, I mean that, that's a good question for. Past, Gerald. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, if I remember, I'll ask him. Um, because it's not something that you want to put off too long. Anyhow, you know, you've got to make a decision on that right away before they get that embalming stuff. In, in, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know. I would but, say uh, within a uh, five or six hour period. Yeah, please. And I mean, that's why uh, they do auto. I mean, I, I've seen some documentaries of the L.A. morgue. It is fascinating. It's kind of gruesome to watch this stuff, though. Uh, they have uh, people on top of each other. They have so many unidentified dead people. But uh-huh. these were people they didn't know, and et cetera, et cetera. Those autopsies were performed immediately. Uh, there are a few conditions where an autopsy 
immediately, whether the next or not. And that works as much as that. You know, which I don't think uh, many uh, of us would ever have to even consider. Times when uh, an autopsy will be done, regarding, uh, re- regardless of the wishes of the family. Um, but uh, uh, you know, they, even talking about it brings back so much to me. Uh, has been dead thirty-four years this Wednesday. Wendy, my wow. Marine Corps husband, who was part of the veteran when all we had was the Prodigy Veterans uh, Bulletin Board, this but we were still going modem to modem. Uh, he will be dead 21 years. Yeah. All right. I still have grieving. I feel like I've never done yet because I was too overwhelmed to really... Um, the VA did provide me with counseling. Uh, some of it these days is it, it's very good. It's done by... The VA does that, or you uh, should even look into that more. But in any event, um, oh, if you want a military funeral, make sure it's clear to the family that you want it. Uh, the funeral director is supposed to sit uh, uh, and it's wonderful. Uh, my husband's funeral was at the local VA. The service was done at the chapel. Uh, the color guard, the gun salute and taps took place at the great site in the cemetery. Uh, what the VA did is they took the bus over to the chapel because uh, I live in New York and every and it's quite a steep walk up into they took care burial at the VA cemetery that the VA will have has already anticipated to make it as easy as possible for uh, the family members, the friends, uh, my husband's shrink was there. Uh, many people from the VA came to the service. Um, any event, um, uh, oh, uh, this is important. Never port insurance policies into a deposit box or a lock box. told me that. Uh, what about the in- insurance policy, murder? That can go in the death file. That's where mine are, Gerald, because uh, my insurance man locked that mistake. They put things in these lock boxes and safety deposit boxes. Oh. I don't remember where the... Uh, I still can't find the key to my lockbox. I never use it. I lost the key. 
I mean, you know, I mean, what good is it the time when you need it? Uh, most insurance policies pay off within about 10 days after receipt of the um, death certificate. Service disabled service life insurance, I don't know how long that takes. Uh, but I don't see why that takes long, you know, much longer than a 10-day payoff. But that policy, too, should be clearly put into this Manila death file. Um, interesting. Service disabled veterans' life insurance. The first 10000 can be waived as paying a premium. If a veteran adds additional insurance, the premium cannot be waived. So, you know, that is a premium that the veteran in their lifetime has to keep up to date. Am I saying that right, Gerald? I believe you are, Bert. Uh, 10000 if you have the VA insurance. Uh, 10000 uh can be waived, and then you're allowed another additional 30000 but you have to pay yeah. that uh, by the month, and that's... They'll automatically withhold that from your check, and I would recommend any everyone uh, to get that uh, extra. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's a hundred sixty-eight dollars, or you know, it, it may vary, but uh, uh, it's worth it for peace of mind, at least. Should you become deceased, your family has forty thousand dollars to work with. And yeah. the funeral home will take that, uh, uh, do the burial on a contingency uh, where uh, they'll they'll pull that money out of your your insurance. They'll handle that for you. So uh, yeah, you guys got to be careful when dealing with funeral homes. You know, uh, I've seen uh, a couple of issues arise here in the latest uh, last couple of months that. Uh, a veteran or a person passes away and they go to the funeral home. The funeral home's like explaining to them the expense and all this stuff and what options the people have and things like that. Then they say they want so much money and so much money up front and this stuff. And some people, most of them don't have that kind of money. But then all of a sudden, well, this guy's got an insurance policy, right? Well, come on in. Let's see how much we can take. Yeah. Well, Be very careful. Ask them. Yeah. Uh, you Be know, John, that's a good point. Absolutely. And, well, you know, if they're picking out a casket, a funeral director can very skillfully move them into bronze, silver. There is no any should be guilty guilt. Yeah. They should not feel guilty. They should feel proud of themselves that they're being realistic because, uh, that is a, a major expense for a person. And but you've got to buy the protective liner too, which can add up much expense to the casket. Uh and the cremation is superb. It was uh, uh, much cheaper. I had to have my ass cremated. And then I realized how much cheaper it was and I asked the funeral director if I could have a chunk of Remains to keep with me, and if they could bury 
Yeah, he said, sure, no problem. So I, that's one thing I would not have from a casket. At least I still got something of my husband um, that I can think about, you know, as far as his remains go. Uh, people should never, uh, a survivor, I went to, to two funerals. Smart. Uh, but people should not go alone. Told him that he was his wife. I'm going with him to the You'll keep me uh, within my budget. You'll keep me okay. And I said, absolutely. Soon, dress don't when you bring other people with you. Uh, I'm not motivated at all by bronze. You know what? You know, I mean, it's it's pointless. Uh, but this is a business. You know, funeral homes are big business. People make a lot of money, and I see no reason why anyone. People are dying to get in there, Berta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. I can't help. Like, you know, it, it's just terrible. But, you know, uh, I had a family. Uh, they were uh, on welfare, uh, New Year's family. And somehow, welfare or Medicaid was was able to provide at least most expense general uh, in a small, what appeared to be, to make to be plastic oven. It was beautiful. Uh, it was a beautiful service, a beautiful funeral. And I, I personally saw nothing wrong with uh, something like that type of copper. Not that it was plastic, but it was obviously not a wooden or bronze or silver. And it was beautiful. Death brings guilt. I don't know why, but everybody feels guilty when the loved one dies. They think of all the things they should have done. They couldn't do that. You play. They don't need to spend. Well, that's one reason why I would uh, think that cremation would be the way to go. I mean, everybody has yeah. their own opinion on that. Myself, uh, well, I prefer to be cremated because. Uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's the cheapest way out, and you know you're dead yeah. and gone. Uh, yeah. Your your soul's done left your body, so. Yeah. Uh, it won't hurt bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, it won't. I I've seen some documentaries of crematoriums, and if they are a well-established place, uh, they do an exquisite job. Well, I saw how they. They did, uh, they cremated some bodies. Apparently the family had given them permission to, uh, you know, that video in an educational documentary. But they do an exquisite job, and it's done with respect. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I just think it's just a, a way to help. Uh, plus it saves... Uh, Space. Uh, RVA luckily has had a lot of land donated to it over the years, as well as purchased additional land, and they have enough space until 2016 
for what they perceive might be future cremains and caskets. The VA cemeteries have to make projected figures on this stuff because they only have so much land. And uh, to me, since cremains take up so much less room at a VA cemetery, it's another good reason to uh, to be put there. Um, there's a few other issues, Gerald, because these shows seem to go so fast sometimes. Uh, and, and believe me, I don't know at all about the VA, <laughs> and, and I can't really cover it all in a show. Um, anyone out there might as well... Uh, Bertha, do you know if uh, a Navy veteran can be buried at sea? Um, I'm sure that that can be arranged. I'm quite sure. Yep. Uh, as a matter of fact, a good friend of mine is a Navy chaplain and performs ceremonies with burial at sea, but I don't know if they were on the ship when they died. Or not? That's a good question. But it, John, what do you think? That that's quite possible, isn't it? That's possible. As a matter of fact, Pearl Harbor survivors can get buried aboard Arizona, so I guess it might take. Oh. A, you might have to ask your congressman to get him involved. But I think mm. it's uh, it's possible, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't but, see uh, why you not. Probably, the expense will probably be paid by the family, though. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Have it done. So, but uh, there's something else I want to. You were uh, talking about. Uh, we were talking. Discussing want to go about the cost and things like that, and the funerals director offering special options and upgrades for caskets and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. People listen to the show, especially the veterans. You guys go ahead and make you a uh, make you a little wheel out, and write yeah. down some instructions. For the, write down instructions for the funeral home folks at your kitchen table. You know, pick a funeral home, write down, put your interest policy numbers on and everything else, and what you want done. And Excellent. seal that up, put that in your file. Let your wife hand that or your survivor hand that to the funeral director. And that should yeah. make it a lot easier on the surviving. Yeah. That is absolutely superb, John. That, that yeah. is something I didn't really think about. I did want to bring up wills, though. If you don't have a will, and you think you have your life, Make a will. <laughs> and now is the time. If you do have a will, if you have any changes in that will that you want to make, now's the time to do that. And also, uh, when I got my will drawn up, I needed um, uh, my lawyer handled my health care proxy and my DNR uh, proxy. And anyone who gets a, a Medicare checkup uh, every year, as I do, a care checkup with my PCP, that question is on the Medicare your PCP doctor will want to have a copy, obviously, of your DNR and healthcare proxy, uh, which is a major end of life director. Do you want to uh, a life that might never be a life, or do you want your survivors to take advanced steps? to maintain your life, which is will not be the same. And, uh, you know, a good example is um, uh, uh, Whitney uh, Houston's daughter, uh, who was uh, in a coma, and um, 
got into some 21. Uh, she, uh, this happened in a bathtub. His mother had died in a bathtub. The singer went to Houston, and apparently she was too young to even think about a DNR or a health care proxy, and the family has kept her alive, although the doctors have told her she will never, ever, ever, ever be the same again. Uh, and I think by now some of the family is coming around to uh, consider that, um, well, I think she's in hospice. But, um, you know, this is something we all have to think about, too. Uh, are we willing to lay in the bed in a coma uh, with everything we got, n- knowing that we may never, ever be the same again? We want that to become a burden to our survivors. Most people don't. You can put up in the healthcare box. You do not do any medical procedures. But the, the VA has to have this DNR because uh, they uh, screwed up a few DNR cases uh, and, and were sued. Uh, they did not want to be resuscitated. They did resuscitate the veteran, and um, he ended up catastrophically disabled worse than he was, and the family sued them because it was against the veteran's wishes in the DNR, which the VA had a copy of. But, um, most people are going to get sick on that right away, no matter what the situation. You know, that's not up to the CPR first responder. That's to save your life. Unless it goes into conditions where it is impossible to bring you back anywhere near that you were. Um, so now's the time to make if people don't have a will. Um, uh, could it be a problem for any Agent Orange widow? Well, let me put it this way. Any staff of an Agent Orange veteran at this point in time who is not aware that their staff might fall under. There are still Well, this is breaking up real bad. Oh, the show is? Yeah, doggone it. Uh, Maybe we should continue it another time then, Gerald. I hear you guys perfectly. Well, you're breaking up on us for some reason, Berta. Oh, uh, she got talked. Is it cloudy uh, over there? Is it cloudy? John? Is it uh, cloudy? Yes, it is. It's cloudy. Okay. I'm not on my computer, though. I'm using my cell phone. I can oh, hear okay. you guys like you're sitting here with me. Well, I'll be. Okay. Maybe we should discontinue the show. I can post uh, some of this information that had it. Okay. Let's uh, do that, and what we'll do is uh, <clears throat> we can check a better forecast. Well, maybe we can try and do a test here and sometime this weekend or maybe early next week, and uh, yeah. maybe we can uh, resume it or basically redo it or whatever. Because a lot of good information here, and everybody, you know, everybody needs it. And, yeah, uh, of course, I mean, this is all. kind of a, but uh, we could, uh, 
try that and see see what we can come up with. Yeah. If not, okay, I'll, send guys, uh, I'll send my helicopter uh, to come to get you and put you on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I hear you guys like you were sitting here in beautiful New York <clears throat> in my living room staring out at uh, a cloudy sky. <laughs> but uh, but I don't, you know, it, it, that's going to take my cell phone. My oh, laws wow. live in the hills, and they have to drive. Sometimes you're as a bell bird, and then other times you're breaking all up. Uh, oh. I don't know what that is. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Go park next to a cell tower. <laughs> I'm walking. Oh. Uh, maybe best to shut it all down, Gerald, for tonight. Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to have to. Yeah, we got 44 minutes in, Gerald. It's good enough to start out. Okay. Yeah, you can go ahead and end it then, John. We'll do another show on this, so uh, this is so important. Uh, folks, and, and be sure, everybody... If you're you're married, especially if you have children, uh, and I don't care what age you are, uh, I just had a nephew die that was 28 years old, and he left uh, his wife uh, and uh, two children, one a year old and the other four, and they had no no. Uh, end of life uh, file or voter or nothing like that and and uh, it was just a, a devastating situation for the family and luckily uh, the surrounding family was able to uh, assist but you don't always have them available uh, so it don't matter what age you are. If you're married and have children, you need one of these files or folders. It uh, just don't uh, uh, don't even uh, think of <laughs> going another day without starting one. At least get it started. That's right. And with that. <clears throat> We want to thank Berta for coming on. Uh, she does have some technical issues up there, probably the weather, it sounds like. And uh, we'll do another show on this because it's too important, and and we want to be sure to get all this across to everyone. And, uh, John, you want to go ahead and close us out? Okay. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been listening to the Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hadit.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Master Show. <laughs>